0: Hi and welcome to Geared for Growth. This week, we're chatting with Craig Cobb, who's better known as Trader Cobb, the head trader and founder of TraderCobb.com. Now, Craig is a trading expert, hence the name. He's also got exposure to property, and his father was an accomplished property developer as well. We have a chat to Craig about his entrepreneurial upbringing, about his history, and how he got into financial markets, and we get the lowdown on cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and a real great background into what's happening in the crypto space. It's a bit left field from property but there's some great investing tips that Craig has and I really think that you'll enjoy the insights that Craig has to give as a mentor to thousands and thousands of traders and crypto nerds around the world. Here's Craig. Craig Cobb, thanks for joining us on Geared for Growth.
1: Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. Now, I've been looking forward to this one. This is a little bit left field for for the Geared for Growth Property Investing podcast, but uh, kick us off, Craig. Who are you and what do you specialize in?
1: Yeah, my name is Craig Cobb. Uh, My pseudonym is Trader Cobb, And um, basically, I'm an investor at heart. I've been investing in various different markets all around the world uh, since my first investment at 16 years of age. Uh, I've been a trader. Uh, actively trading full time for the past 11 years looking at things like foreign exchange, stocks, commodities, bonds uh, you name it, if it moved I've, I've traded it, I've been in property I've, I've done a lot and, and now I'm really specializing in a, a very new technology and a new frontier in a very new market in uh, in the crypto assets world so it's focusing on the crypto and blockchain uh, marketplace
0: yeah awesome and we're going to get into that and, and bitcoin's reputation precedes itself um, for a bit of an insight into into you Craig what what posters were on your bedroom wall as a youngster
1: Oh geez, they were uh, bodyboarding posters, really. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I'm from a wonderful part of the world called Noosa Heads, Queensland. I grew up uh, at Sunshine Beach, a quick ten minute run from the beach. So as a kid, it was uh, it was it was bodyboarding, bodyboarding. To um, I was into. I had my first business at six years old, and for those oh. that were up in, in the Noosa Heads region at the time and had anything to do with uh, the Noosa Dolphins Rugby Club, if there's anyone out there, you'll know that that little guy who was running around selling chocolate. Code snakes after training that that was me so it, it, my inspiration didn't at a young age come from wanting to be a, uh, a business um, titan so to speak it was always to do with what was going on in the water
0: yep yeah, awesome and beautiful part of the world, an absolute uh, mecca for triathletes. So uh, everyone that I follow in that space seems to be in Noosa. It's just the just the perfect little uh, little place for 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 training and racing and water and all that sort of stuff. Beautiful part of the world.
1: Now, well, speaking of that, I'll just touch on that. Garth Proud, the uh, the organizer of that event, was a good friend of ours. He unfortunately passed last year, and uh, yeah, he he lived up just up the road. He was a neighbor of ours, so very close ties with the Noosa Triathlon.
0: Yeah, wow, awesome. And you've got uh, multiple. Uh, Olympic gold medalists up there. You got Hawaii Ironman champions. Um, yeah, it's a it's a real hot spot for it. Now, now, Craig. Obviously, you're um, you're you're a mentor in the crypto space, and and that's probably the focus of what we're we're looking at today. But you actually did uh, did have quite a lot of exposure to to, to property yourself and, and through your family. Can you can you run us through your exposure to property?
1: Yeah. So again, that's. Started at a very young age. My my father's a uh, a builder up in Noosa and uh, has built a lot of the town, a lot of the uh, the very large houses. And it's a very touristy, um, wealthy. So it's, it's sort of where Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, Perth money sits for their weekenders. Dad sort of did that. Now. Um, throughout my childhood dad was developing as well as building, uh, buying, selling, you know, renovating, doing what builders do. You know, they can make the margin because they're the ones that are building it. Uh, and what we used to do on some some weekends is he would pull out the, uh, you know, the section of the paper that we have now, or back in the olden days, uh, we didn't have that entire 600-page magazine. Yes, yes. <laughs> we used to have a couple of pages, right? Um, and he'd uh, say, so, you know, what would you buy for X and, and, and what would you do to it? So I was introduced to uh, thinking about how to, I guess increased property value from a value add perspective from a very young age, and just growing up around it, it was it was kind of just part of part of being a cob, uh, essentially. Now, fast forward many years uh, to where I'm at right now, I do have a company called Park Edge Capital, uh, and Park Edge Capital specialises in searching development sites for large scale developers. <coughs> excuse me, but also in uh, in offering funding solutions for your small to medium. De- Developers up to about five million, we can fund fairly quickly. So, mm-hmm. it's it's in that space where we do the due diligence. We, we look at the um, we look at the projects, feasibilities. We we do the research in that space to decide whether or not we'll either do one of two things. One is a joint venture, where we'll uh, bring the money partner and also help to run the project with you. Uh, And the second one is just a straight lending for people sort of, uh, you know, potentially, as we know, especially at the moment, uh, the banks can be a little bit tricky as far as, you know, you might find the great site, you might need that, you know, $100,000 deposit, but it will take you three months to get it because the bank's being very, very difficult, which means you'll miss that site and there goes your opportunity. So we offer some lending uh, solutions there at parkagecapital.com as well.
0: And you're talking, you know, based on the, the due diligence stacking up, a seventy-two hour turnaround or something crazy like that, right?
1: Yeah, so not so much for the joint venture side of things because, that, of course, there's. Uh, I'll tell you honestly, most nine times out of ten people that are looking for joint ventures don't have all the documentation that we require. Right. Uh, it, it, within seventy-two hours, so it's a little bit more going back and forth. But, um, but certainly for the fixed lending, and uh, in the in this, the reason we put the seventy-two hour limit on that is, oh, sorry, deadline from our point of view is that. Effectively, in property, speed and property are not things that go hand in hand that often. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but obviously, like I say, to secure the right site, often we do need speed. Now, how many of how many investors out there have actually got three or four hundred thousand dollars in cash that are just sitting there waiting for a good home for the right site? Well, not many. Mm. Usually, that money is tied up in other projects, or more so, it's tied up in equity. Now, unless you've got a really great relationship with your banker, it's very difficult to release that equity. Very very quickly unless of course you've got the facility to do so now if you've got the facility you don't need us if you don't have the facility or you're stretched and it's a fantastic site and you can show us how you'll get that money plus the interest back to us within that within the time frame then yes we can turn around and fund within 70, 72 hours so we, we, we speed is our friend
0: Awesome. Let's, uh, let's get into this, your sort of path to, to today, uh, Craig. You're, you're a sales guru, obviously a property expert, uh, financial trader, mentor. In, in what sort of order did you did you acquire that uh, skill set? And can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your journey to, to, to how you're getting today to, to being a mentor to you know, tens of thousands of, uh, of crypto traders?
1: Yeah, sure. It's a good. It's a good question. Uh, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief because there's lots of little steps. But uh, it, it's sort of the entrepreneurial spirit came first. Um, the I don't chocolate know if snakes. It, well, it was actually before the chocolate snakes. Oh, it wow. was um, six years old, grade one, Sunshine Beach High School. Uh, remember those thirty centimeter rules? You get there about two and a half centimeters wire
0: mm-hmm.
1: centimeters long, and everyone got issued with one of those when they you know on their first day of school each year. Now, I uh, I never got tuck shop. I never got tuck shop money. I was always the health and the fruit, which I'm thankful for now, but back then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not so much. And um, effectively, uh, what I wanted was money to buy sweets at the tuck shop. So I chopped these rulers in half. My dad's a builder. As I said, I put the uh, belt sander upside down and the vice in the garage. As a six-year-old, I was pretty familiar with tools. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I would shape these rulers into surfboards, fold my book over and sort of put blue tack on the board and, and, and surf my, my book at school which of course created a demand people wanted these things so I'd stand just in front of the tuck shop line and sell them to people to get my tuck shop money that was the wow. first one so it wasn't it wasn't that I was trying to do anything it was born out of necessity I want that I can't get that oh I just found a way to get that how can I get that person to give me what I want and they have something that they want and that was a simple transaction that sort of spurned uh, the entrepreneurial spirit within me. Mum got called to the principal's office. Um, thankfully, credit to the principal, it wasn't a telling off. this, it's a good thing, but you need to nurture it. Yeah, so you're it- right. I want to invest <laughs> in this kid. Where am I signed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so it started very, very organically and very, very young. Through there, obviously, lots of little businesses as a child. Uh, then I moved to, to London, had a couple of businesses that made me some decent money in uh, in Noosa, doing shop fit-outs, that sort of thing, and decided I would, um, I would travel. I got a round-the-world ticket with my best friend, and uh, off we went. Uh, I ended up spending some time in London running out of money. Um, two uh, wonderful, very wealthy young ladies from wealthy parents had very expensive tastes so my money soon ran out <laughs> and uh, it kind of pushed me into into getting a job and uh, I started looking into trading in a serious way at that point in time so naturally started looking for jobs in that marketplace in that industry and um, was fortunate enough to be able to work with some really good traders. I'd, go into the office uh, while it was still dark which is kind of you know most of the day in London in winter but (laughs) (laughs) I was up bright and early learning uh, what they did for no pay and then I'd stay into late at night so I could again just just, just sit with them and watch them and learn from them and and based around that I was able to sort of start to create my own code and I don't mean you know code writing I mean my own my own sort of view of the traditional trading world Um, and and from there, it just started to grow, and I, I started to get recognized, and um, my commentary and, and, and my presenting abilities and uh, my ability to sort of take something that can seem quite complex and make it quite simple got me on stages all around the world, so I've been very fortunate to travel all around the world uh, as a trader, as a presenter, as a mentor, as a coach, as, you know, call it what you will. Um, back in Sydney six years ago, trading full-time, got a bit jaded by started to go back back towards property again with package Capital and all that sort of stuff. And um, and then cryptocurrency came along. Uh, I'd been introduced to it in 2013, um, but for me at that moment in time, there wasn't enough volume. So as a trader, I need to be able to have the volume to get in and out. There's no point in owning something if you can't sell it. Yes. Uh, and it didn't have, you know, as you were with property, you, you'll be looking for... Uh, maybe a checklist Uh, certainly the way i teach is i've got everything in a checklist format. you'll have your strategy right now i needed to have volume as a part of that strategy bitcoin didn't have the volume back then people say to me these days oh you're kicking yourself for not buying bitcoin in 2013 and the answer is absolutely not no because if i had bought bitcoin back in 2013 yes i would have had financial gain there's no doubt however i would have broken my rules, and if I had have started breaking my rules back then, who would I be today? Well, I probably wouldn't be in the same position that I am now. So, um, the discipline is, is, has paid off in a big way, and and now I got the phone call. Um, oh, about twelve, eighteen months, uh, t- about twelve months ago, something something along those lines. Uh, A little, maybe a little bit bit less than that, uh, saying, Cobby, you've got to have a look at crypto. And the phone call came from somebody who I was more than willing to listen to, uh, somebody who I consider to be a mentor, and if they speak, you listen. Um, So that was what got me back into it. And uh, all my strategies have worked phenomenally well. They actually work better uh, in this market than they do in traditional markets. And when I say better, I don't mean um, there are more trades or more frequent trades or anything like that. I mean that for the risk, the reward multiple is far greater in this market just due to the fact that the volatility is absolutely insane. So wow. I've thrown my considerable, uh, you know, I've thrown everything at it. So uh, everything. I've never been so. Um uh, bullish an industry, and it's not just Bitcoin, it's not just cryptocurrency, it's what I call crypto assets in the blockchain technology sphere. I, I see it as being one of the biggest advancements uh, since the internet. So I am very much behind it, and um, enjoy it, yeah.
0: That's awesome. What a journey and uh, you're not an old man, so you've got uh, more of the story to write. I'm looking forward to the memoirs if I'm, uh, if I'm still around. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Craig, for, for people who haven't dipped their, their toe into, into crypto, I'm sure a lot of people heard of, of Bitcoin. What, what is crypto? What is, what is blockchain? And what is the technology that, that is, is really sort of parceled up in, in this currency? Is it just about buying RPGs on the dark web?
1: <laughs> I threw that one wow. in there just to see how you go that, that's great I love it um, look we, we have the the first thing is the association with a lot of people is that if you don't want to learn about it you'll just find the easiest reason not to yep. uh, and that's what the Silk Road the drugs and all that sort of stuff you know the dark web that's where that's a very convenient way of um, effectively burying your head in the sand to what could be the biggest opportunity you'll ever see in your entire lifetime and for those people that's fine like i'm not here to try and change anybody's views i'm merely here to educate and help you to understand it so the question is a very valid one what is cryptocurrency what is blockchain we'll start there cryptocurrency by the virtue of its name is a currency it's a method of transacting now bitcoin got to a stage uh, where and i'm not I'm not talking about the speculative value here at all I'm talking about the actual technology what it is and what they're trying to facilitate Bitcoin got to a point where sort the of end of last year even early this year it was quite expensive to transact it was rather slow um, they hadn't built the network to uh, deal with the amount of transactions that were taking place so other other cryptocurrencies started to step into its place they could do you know 10,000 transactions a second, that sort of thing. We're really, really fast. Now Bitcoin rolled out what was called the lightning network. The lightning network has brought the cost of transacting in Bitcoin down to being nearly nothing. So if you consider your bank right now, you go and use your bank card or you know, I mean, the best example is now gone, which was the they charge you $2 two dollars to take your money out from an ATM. What a scam that was. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin has now, uh, you can transact with people, not just on these shores in this country. But think about if you want to send money from Australia to London, for example, you're going to get slugged with a bunch of fees for it to get there. Now, with Bitcoin, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, it is still its value. And you can withdraw it, you can use it, you can spend it, however you like. Now, what it does is effectively captures on the blockchain. So the blockchain is like an online decentralized ledger. So think of it like this. When you go to the shops and you buy your groceries, you are you give them the money, and then if it's cash, for example, there is no... Um, record of the transaction other than the record that you get given which is your receipt and the record that the business gets given which is their you know their receipt for their taxes so therefore that transaction has taken place and it is available now both of us can quite conveniently lose those receipts and nothing ever happened yep on the blockchain it never disappears and the, the longer ago it happened the more uh unhackable it actually is because it goes in and then it's it's layered over by more. so you c- And it's not your name. It's a code. Okay, Now, I don't want to get too too complex because the technology side of it, you know, like if we talk about, yes, I like the BMW X5 as opposed to the ML Mercedes. Yeah. Well, we talk about the car as the car. That's the vehicle. But there's a lot of pistons and whatnot that goes on within that car moving. We don't care about that. We don't need to care about that. All we care about is that it all works yeah so coming back to bitcoin each transaction is online it's on an online ledger it's there forever
0: and what about okay, the anonymous nature of it is 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 that something that you think is is pushing this technology forward is is that something that people are looking for to be able to to transact anonymously or is it more to do with the the freedom and the lack of of sort of taxes and 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 checks and balances on it
1: Oh look, the the uh, anonymous. Oh, God, I struggle with that word. Being anonymous, I'll just <laughs> stick with that. <laughs> Anony- anonymity or whatever it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's one word I can't. I can't <laughs> say. <laughs> um, I think that that's a bit of a myth, to be absolutely honest. Um, the reason being, it's. I mean, look, if if I go through uh, an exchange, so I move my Australian dollars into Bitcoin, then send my Bitcoin to a broker or a platform, just the same as you would if you were going to use Comsec to buy shares. There is a very clear and distinctive pathway of that transaction then it goes into the market and and it's all linked if they really want to find it they can yeah so it's not completely anonymous there if i was to sort of give somebody you know fifty thousand dollars and they gave me a wallet uh with an address because your money is at an address okay so it's like a po box but it's online and you can nowadays they've got these little devices like it's pretty much like a little usb stick yeah uh you keep your your crypto on there therefore it's safe it can't be hacked it's not online and and then you can put that in your safe at home yep very simple way of of, of storing your crypto Um, but yeah aside from effectively really trying hard to avoid anybody knowing who you are it's it's not completely anonymous if they want to find you they'll find you. There are some tokens out there that, that, that are anonymous completely um, and they obviously do have their their, their benefits for some people. Um, when people think of completely anonymous, what they are t- typically leaning towards, uh, in my experience, is bad things. Yeah, yeah. Now, people talk about money laundering, people talk about buying drugs, people talk about buying RPGs, in your case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the biggest transaction, or sorry, the biggest... Um, Uh, currency for all of that is the US dollar Um, where there are bad people, bad things will happen, Um, you know the internet is exactly the same, there's all sorts of horrible, horrible, horrible things going on on the internet does that mean that the internet is bad? No it just means that it's like human nature it's like the human race, there are some bad things about it, but overwhelmingly it's positive
0: yep and it wasn't set up, I guess, for negativity, it's actually a, a technology that should should benefit the way that we we transact, right?
1: It was bad. it was set up basically because of the two thousand eight financial crisis I mean, there'll be a lot of your listeners here I'm sure that have, have that are still coming back from that. We didn't cop it so bad here in Australia because during that period of time we were pretty strong uh, a banking regulation and B, we were still the mining boom had come off. But it hadn't come right off, so we were still much more of a, a China-backed commodity uh, forward nation, Yes. Um, as opposed to New York. Or sorry, the, I shouldn't say New York. You know, the UK, Europe, uh, and, and the US were very much so uh, a finance-backed uh, uh, economy. So obviously, they are the financial centres of the world, and, and they were hit astronomically uh, by that financial crisis. Now, the trust that was uh, lost—I mean, we, stay, we see it to this day. The, the big bankers that made these decisions and put everybody you know effectively bankrupt or under or hurt them significantly, they're off on their yachts. They just went, oh, that's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? No, I'm not going to jail. I'm not taking responsibility. It wasn't my fault. Screw you. I'm going home. So the lack of trust, um, sorry, the, the trust that was broken and the, the, they basically just discredited themselves and uh, Bitcoin was founded just to try and give people uh, a, a, another option. And, and from there, it's gone above and beyond uh, what anybody could have thought, it even past the Satoshi Nakamoto, who is maybe one person, maybe 10, who knows, uh, yes. an anonymous human being or a fictional human being. Um, it's, it's gone a lot further. It was there born out of the mistrust for the bankers.
0: Now when we when we compare crypto to property firstly can we are, are, are there any are there any sort of correlations other than the the human element you can sort of overanalyze you can be feared uh, too fearful of risk I, is it is it something that we can consider as as similar with crypto and property are they both basically things that we trade with a view to capital gain
1: they're, they're similar definitely in, in the sense that they're both investment vehicles, they're both investment tools, but that's about where the similarity stops. Um, with cryptocurrency, we do carry with us a larger degree of risk due to the volatility of this marketplace and the fact that it is a very, very new marketplace. With property, we need a very, uh, you know, relative speaking to crypto, we, we need a much larger sum of money. We are holding our positions in property for a considerably longer period of time in most cases of course you can just flip it move it on do an option there are plenty of options where you can be in in and out quickly but never as quickly as what you can in crypto so what you're looking at is an investment vehicle in cryptocurrency I'll call it crypto assets because currency is just one, one form of that um, whereby you can take a small amount of money and turn it into a large amount of money obviously there are a lot of things that need to pr- transpire for that to occur Um but you don't need to have such a huge amount of money. So if I'm going to be going into property and I'm looking for a 30% return on a million dollar investment, then you know I'm looking at 300,000. Now I'm going to leverage that, but I probably still need in today's market 2 to 300 to make that work, then the construction costs on top of course. We can borrow, we can leverage. The banks are a little bit tighter now. Mm. So for me to make 300,000, I may need to use 300,000 of my own money. So I'm getting a 100% return on investment if I do well and get out. And let's say that occurs over the period of a year. So that's $300,000 for a year. It's a 100% return. Compare that to cryptocurrency where it's not uncommon to see times 10 on your money, times 100 on your money, or even times 1,000 on your money. So that's where the difference is. If I put $10,000 into a into a uh, blockchain-based asset class on the, uh, you know, in crypto asset space, my $10,000, which of course is nothing like the 300,000 we're talking about. Well, let's, let's make it comparable. Let's say I put $30,000 in and my tokens or my portfolio grows by a multiple of 10 over that period of the year. Well, that 30,000 has now given me 300,000. So with a lot less, I can have a lot more, of course, with these massive upsides, does, does also come larger risks. But I think that it levels out quite nicely because the amount that you need to, or the amount that you can uh, start with in cryptocurrency can be much, much smaller. Whereas with property, you can't really start that small.
0: Yeah. And, and I guess it's not one or the other, right? So you could potentially diversify away from, from, from property with a smaller amount and potentially get the, the, the same returns. Obviously, the the risk is is, is presumably higher and, and I'm interested why you sort of move from from general trading into into Bitcoin. Is it because of that extreme volatility and that potential upside and, and how does that balance with with the the negativity of, of investing in something that is as volatile as Bitcoin has been?
1: Yeah, look, great question. I mean there's there's two sides to that. First of all, I mean yes, I think that it's it's wise for anybody to have a balanced portfolio and crypto assets if that is something that you're interested in would be a wise uh, thing to consider absolutely you know you've got to speak to your financial advisor who will tell you that you're mad um, but <laughs> yep. you do, do, do it's just because it's you know people don't want to be uh, they don't want to have to learn things like I said before it's very easy to stick your head in the sand and and miss everything you know if you want to be at the forefront of uh, a new industry and and really have those massive gains then you need to do your own research it it, it does come down to you so I think about portfolio is very, a very good idea no matter what asset class we're talking about. As far as why am I trading crypto now as opposed to traditional markets, it really is just the volatility, Mike. Um, In cryptocurrency, you know, to have—I mean, I'm looking right now at uh, at my charts, and I mean, I'm looking at—you know—Neo is up four percent, Monero is up six and a half percent, and this is this is—you know—we only just. This is a really slow day. This is a really, really, really slow day. Now, if I was trading, say, dollar yen, for example, if I got a three percent move on the day that was a big move
0: yeah
1: so that's what i'm saying you know my risk multiple so let's say my risk multiple is five thousand dollars for a trade yeah yep then in traditional markets my one to one so risk multiplied by uh so my risk multiplied by one would be double so my five thousand risk is five thousand reward that's a risk multiple to reward multiple of one one to one yeah now if i was to say take that in traditional markets and be happy with my one-to-one i.e risk five thousand to make five thousand in cryptocurrency it's more than likely and very very common to take that five thousand and turn that into 25 35 45 50,000. so from a trading perspective the movement of the market is significantly greater the volatility is greater the risk i manage the risk so i choose how much i risk the market just chooses how far it moves, and because I can control my risk, and the market moves a lot further, my potential upside reward is significantly increased, while my downside is still managed the same as it would be in traditional markets.
0: And you're 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 managing that by by putting in stops, right? And 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 because of the liquidity, let's say you've you've bought a property in a in a mining town, and you can just you see that it's absolutely tanking because you know everyone's everyone's leaving you, you can you can put in a stop to some degree in that you can put it on the market but it might take 6 weeks for you to to get that and already you've you've lost quite a bit whereas you can you can put a stop in for a particular day right is is that how you you manage that, that potential downside risk in a, in a way that takes out that that huge downside volatility but still exposes you to that upside volatility
1: yeah absolutely I use stop losses I use target orders as well um, so I can put an order in so that if it comes down to that point it will take me out automatically <clears throat> now the, the the you also have to be a little bit careful because it is still a very new market if I'm trading on larger if, you, if you're looking at one or two hundred dollars a trade you can kind of cover the top one hundred alright mm-hmm. if you're talking about multiples of five six thousand dollars a trade uh, and you're looking at leverage of course you're looking at a much bigger position then of course you would be looking to you know probably stay with within the top 20 but i mean that's that's sort of what i teach through my education series and whatnot is to help people to understand why like based on your account size you, you do need to have some additional risk uh areas in place but the beauty of it is mike is that um, whether the market goes up or the market goes down I can make money. Um, if I'm an investor and this is a good point to make actually if, if you're an investor in crypto you want to find a good project to buy into and you, you might just sort of sit back and do not a great deal kind of like you do with stocks uh, but maybe bring that time frame forward a little bit to you know where it might be a three-year plan uh, for, for an equity for example you might be looking at a you know six to 12 months for a crypto to then refresh, revise and review. Now, if you're going to be investing, well, then obviously we need a bull market. We can only make money as the market goes up. up. Um, If I'm a trader, I can make money whether the market goes up or down. Now, if I combine both of those to be an investor and a trader, I can invest in the long-term growth of this very new emerging market, uh, and I can also trade the momentum throughout that period. And I think what I've seen a lot of Uh, Across the board is uh, saying that I've got is even a turkey can fly in a hurricane (laughs) and um, You know as the markets go through the roof everybody's happy everyone's an expert everyone's really really fantastic and everyone's an expert right? When the markets fall everyone's crying. They're they're screaming from the rooftops. It's a I will say that as far as it's it's um, the way it moves. There's very little institutional money in there, so it does Go wild, and it will solidify and and have more of a Nasdaq type feel to it eventually once this market matures. But for the time being, the volatility is there, and with that volatility comes opportunity. So, yeah, my my sort of take on it is yes, everybody does very well when the market goes up because it's really really easy. There's a lot of people out there that are flogging things that are not going to work in traditional markets, and they're not going to work when this market does level out. I give people the opportunity to make money whether that goes up or down.
0: And, and case in point, it would be a different sort of conversation for us to have at the, at the peak of Bitcoin. A, a, a cursory Google of Bitcoin shows that, you know, we've fallen back quite a bit. We're roughly around $10,000 at the moment and we got as high as 22, cor- to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the bubble, and and people sort of that haven't invested, at rubbing their hands together with the the idea that the people spruking it at the barbecues are going to lose their potential Lamborghini. What, what what's what's happening with Bitcoin in the market? Is this a bubble? Can you still make money in a bubble? And obviously, I'm I'm guessing that you've been investing all the way through the peak, and you're still existing on the downside, and you're still making money. And can you talk us through how that's possible?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yes, you're right. We got up to, you know, we approached 20,000 US dollars. So that gets what, 25, 26 Aussie uh, at the peaks uh, of its run up. Now, uh, there was some very, very telltale signs up around those highs that we would see a pullback. And I I can remember, as I was commentating and doing my videos and putting my content out there and whatnot, people that hadn't learned how I trade and done my programs and whatnot was saying, oh, I was saying, it'll it'll pull back, you know, 6,000 is probably a reasonable place for it to happen. And this is when it's up at 20, like when it's up near 20,000 US and people are saying, you're mad, you're an idiot, you've got no idea what you're talking about, blah, blah. blah. Like like I said, everybody's an expert when it's going up. Um, It's because I've been there, I've done that, I've been in the markets longer than six months been in the markets longer than two years. I've been in the markets for a very, very long time for my lifespan. Right, <laughs> mm. um, a considerable part of my life has been spent trading. So, from my perspective, this is a market. I know what markets do. Uh, did I sell Bitcoin? Did I exit up around those tops? Yeah, there was some very very clear. You know, there was. It was for me, and the people that I've taught. It was obvious. It was. This is this is silly. This is absolutely silly it will not be sustained this market will fall back and it did and it has and at the moment we are in a consolidating fit period we might go lower uh, I do daily analysis and whatnot but I don't have a crystal ball and you know on my podcast each day the Trader Cobb crypto show you've got access to see what I'm seeing each day and bringing bits of news and whatnot but the, the reason I'm not concerned about it right now is because uh, I can make money in the direction as a trader. But what I'm saying, if, if you take yourself out of the noise, and you know, you've had this from a lot of people as well, Mike, you know the, the idea of how do you take a business from turning over 2 million to 200 million, you take yourself out of the business and you start working on the business. Yep. People, people get caught up in the noise and all the rubbish that's being said. It's not knowledgeable rubbish, it's just noise. It's an echo chamber of rubbish. Now, I try and focus on what is actually occurring. What is actually occurring is that the space is moving forward in leaps and bounds. We are seeing some massive traditional business players moving into the space and becoming a champion for blockchain technology. We're seeing new businesses coming in that have had a lot of prior experience. We're seeing partnerships. We're seeing big investment, so institutional funds. I I know not directly, but indirectly. I've been in several talks with some sovereign wealth funds uh, looking to enter into the space that they start at $200 million. That's their lowest investment. Right. So as far as giving you the I'm outside of the noise and looking down uh, on what's happening, I am very, very, very clear as to what occurs. And if you've ever seen an emerging market and what it does and what it goes through, uh, and if you've studied them, you'll, you'll see some very, very uh, close similarities to the Internet. Uh, everyone back then said it wouldn't work it wouldn't happen it's a load of rubbish it's never going to work We'll look at us now uh, and that's why I say you know people can bury their heads in the sand and possibly miss out on the biggest potential opportunity that is right in front of their nose right now.
0: I think you're you're right with the internet comparison I remember it, it came to my local library and I and I went down there with a couple of URLs I'd written down from a cricket magazine I think it was and went to you know kookaburra.com.au and then I thought oh what's next there was no Google There's no way to sort of navigate and I thought oh look this is a little bit shit I'm not sure this is going to take off but yeah <laughs> look, look at where we are now obviously uh, I, I got that one a little bit wrong i'm interested in in the way that that you trade uh traders talk about you know trading the news so something will happen there'll be an announcement and and you can basically trade the market just just based on that there are people that look at the fundamentals the candlesticks the the fib sequences and all that sort of stuff can you explain some of these sort of basics and and how how, how you actually apply that to to make money in crypto
1: yes certainly um i mean look I, i'm a technical trader. Uh, when it comes to trading not investing I'm talking they're two different things uh, investing is obviously doing the research on the projects teams the progress where they're going what they're doing uh, that's one kettle of fish the trading side which is the stuff that I teach through my programs is, uh, is down to technical analysis now I use written checklists uh, not just for the actual strategy. So, you know, I'll go through and go, is there an uptrend tick? Is there this? And I literally go through a list of essential rules, mm-hmm. and you've got to tick off all those essential rules, and then there'll be bonus rules so I can try and find the best of the best before I, you know, place my orders. Because at the end of the day, it, it's my money. I'm not going to take a trade just for the sake of it you know I'm taking a trade I want to try and find the best my process is a process of elimination whenever I'm doing uh, my daily scan with my members um, I'm looking for reasons to not take the trade uh, whereas most people are looking for reasons to take a trade because they want to have that excitement they want to have that feeling like you know if someone's gambling they they like that feeling of having the opportunity yeah. I, I look at it purely mm-hmm. From an objective point of view, there are no gray areas. I'm looking for reasons not to take trades. I'm a trend follower. Uh, so I'm not looking to uh, you know do anything other than trade the chunk in the middle. So I'm not looking to pick the top. I'm not looking to pick the bottom. I am not a hero. I do not need the accolades. I do not care my job is to pick the chunk in the middle and to make as much money from that chunk in the middle as possible exit before the top wherever that may be and uh, and just be safe when it is falling find that trend and trade short when the opportunities arise it is a very structured straightforward process it's about repetition it's about practice it's about repetition it's about practice did i just myself? Yeah,
0: yeah, you did, but uh, I, I, I got. I get the point. So, a good day for you could actually be turning down what you saw as maybe ten or fifteen potential opportunities for trades because they haven't they haven't met your metrics.
1: Absolutely. For example, today, I have one, two, three, four, five. I've got five on my list right in front of me, right here. Uh, I took one trade on what's today? Thursday? On Monday. Uh, that trade is in very good profit. It is also a really, really good hedge against my portfolio right now. If the market does decide to fall further, I am safely, I'm safe in the knowledge that I have a good short that will help to hedge that position. I've locked in profit on that trade. What else do I need to really do this week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It's with, with trading. You know, if we're used to traditional uh, working, you know, you give your time for your money. Uh, and that's how we work with trading. It might take me 15 minutes to find, assess, you know, do my whole structure, my entire morning routine to put that trade on. Now, whether that trade makes me $5 or $5 million, the amount of time it took was exactly the same. It's just relative to your account size. So money is not directly linked to time when you're trading. It's directly linked to outcomes.
0: Yeah, interesting. And and I guess that's a it's a very... Um I guess it's a it's a leveling thing isn't it because I mean there might be a certain property market where the houses are all five million dollars and you could potentially you know do a do a better return than if you're buying in a market where the houses are all you know three hundred thousand dollars but you can't access it right but with crypto it it's all the same it's just how much you're you're wanting to put behind it
1: you are as good as you wish to be hmm
0: yeah, wow. And, and, and I'm interested in, in, I guess, how people get started if there are people listening that, that want to sort of stick their toe in the water. I'm interested in, in how many successful full-time traders there are. I'm guessing that there are a lot of people that are just jumping in because money's burning a hole in their pocket. So how, how, how successful can people be? What sort of knowledge do they need to start with? And how do you help people get involved in, in crypto and, and, and get positive outcomes?
1: Yeah. So, how successful can people be? Well, as as successful as they wish to be. It's as as with any industry, you know, um, it's 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 you that makes a success. It's not anything else. It's up to you, uh, ultimately. Um, I have seen the, the crazy thing about this space is this. I know guys that took you know one hundred and fifty thousand, and now they're worth sixty million in eighteen. Well, more like twenty four months now. Right. I mean, you try and find any other market in the world where that is possible and has happened. Plenty. So it's, it, like, as far as a variable of monetary success, because I, I don't see... I, monetary success in this space doesn't necessarily mean they're successful because luck played a big part for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay? Being successful is something you can replicate, and it's yours, and you own it, and you can just keep on doing it. Now, this is where I'm finding that my uh, my educational pieces have, have taken off so well as a lot of people with my, have made money in that run-up, but they don't know... What to do now? And because I've got years of experience trading, investing, and just being you know in that space, uh, I'm able to help these people to not only keep their money, because that's the hardest thing, right? You, once you make your money, you got to keep it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm helping them to also multiply that and teaching them real real life skills as far as becoming somebody who knows how to manage money. So, the way to get started, I mean, the easiest way for people to sort of dip their toe in the water, to be completely honest with you, is to you know is to just get started uh, and to get started i mean I, i've got the the trader Cobb crypto show you can listen to the podcast do it daily um if you want to follow me on i was at twitter i'm at trader cobb co put posts up there i'm on facebook craig cobb um and trader cobb the business page so there's videos that goes out every single day uh, i put a huge amount of free content out okay a, a massive amount of free. i'm basically a content churning machine yep. um, and the idea is that um, i just got sick of seeing all the rubbish out there i know that there are people that want to enter this space but they haven't got a voice they can trust a voice of reason and somebody who actually comes from a bit of a, a bit of a structured background um, i am being that person in the space and you can view it on the website as well There's plenty of content on my website tradercobb.com um, aside from that if you do want to actually get started I do have educational programs with lifetime memberships which will help you to, A, show you how to, first of all, buy your very first cryptocurrency, how to move it across to the exchanges, what routines you need, all the way through to the written checklist strategies and and following on with with daily commentaries and whatnot. So there's a, like, for me to tell you everything that I do, it'd be hard, but effectively, if people want to start to plug into the free stuff, hit me on my socials, get me on the podcast, go to tradercob.com, you'll see what I do. And then it's just a matter of take your time. Like there's a lot of people rushing in this space. Um, you, rushing, when have you ever made a good decision when you're in a rush? Do you know what I mean? Like when have you ever made a good decision when you're emotional? Yes. Don't let the fear of missing out take you away from what your objective is. You need to plan what you want and then slowly go about getting it. This space is very, very fast. Don't get whipped up in it take advantage of it and the only way you can do that is by being clear on what you want on your objectives and then educating yourself around those outcomes and practicing that's that's really it.
0: Yeah, awesome. And there's some great resources out there. You are absolutely a content machine. I can <laughs> testament to that. Now, um, Craig, just uh, I guess we're just a bit wary of the of the time. We want to try and wrap this up. I'm, I'm interested in, I guess people are going to be annoyed unless I ask you the crystal, crystal ball question <laughs> about what's happening on the technology side and, and what's the market going to do. And, and maybe if you can just sort of wrap us up with with your best piece of advice in this space?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, The space itself, it's going from strength to strength. The technology is growing faster than ever. Uh, You can choose to read the negative stuff or you can choose to read, like I said, take yourself out of the noise and focus on what is. And what is happening right now is that we're seeing the biggest brain drain out of Silicon Valley in the history of brain drain since the internet. So we are seeing the best players uh, the best brains the best minds uh, in technology and this sort of you know area of advanced technology being drained into blockchain it is growing fast now there are some concerns around people you know again looking for another reason to to stay away people are saying well hang on the energy consumption of the mining that is required for these currencies to take place it's going to wreck the world yes it will do at its current rate but so are using fossil fuels the difference is (coughs) excuse me the difference is is that the people that are in the blockchain technology are young, they're smart, and they actually want to see change because we are the ones that see what these old thinking has done. <clears throat> they're wrecking the world, and we know we can't continue on it. So you've got two things. You've got the brightest brains in the world coming together in one meeting spot. They want to make this work. And guess what? Those brains also want to see the world move forward and away from, a, from an absolute 100% we will kill ourselves model. So you put these two things together, we will find outcomes. So the technology is well placed to continue its advancements. The market. The market is still very young. It is not the end. It is the beginning. The total market capitalization across all of crypto right now sits at about three hundred and fifty billion. To give you some perspective there, Apple is worth eight hundred and eighty billion by itself. One company. Now, if you consider the NASDAQ, which is essentially the tech, um, essentially the tech uh, index, It's not the global tech index, but it's where a a lot of global companies list on the Nasdaq. The Nasdaq, last last time I looked, was about 8.8 trillion. Now the Nasdaq didn't exist. Remember that. The Nasdaq is more or less a result of what's going on with the dot-com, the technology boom, right? Now, if we can get anywhere near that level, you can do the math. Yeah. From 350 billion to 3.5 trillion. That's a multiple of ten. Yeah. We've got a long way to go. And, we've got a long way to go.
0: And I am guess there's a lot of people thinking that the ship has sailed. We've we've seen the boom of, of Bitcoin. And it's and, and interesting to hear you say, you know, don't rush in. But you see the opportunities there for for, you know, we're talking potentially decades or longer, maybe.
1: This is a new industry. Will the internet disappear? No, this is an advancement of the internet. Yeah, awesome.
0: All right, uh, Craig, I very much thank you for your time. It's been very illuminating and I encourage people, if they're interested, to have a look at your your content. Thanks very much for your time and, and all the best.
1: Mike, thank you very much for having me and I hope this has been a benefit for everybody listening. Thank you. It's
0: been a pleasure. Cheers.